Hello, hello, and welcome to When You Leave. You least expect it. Uh, I don't know what you were expecting this week, if you're listening, but I bet you did not expect we were going to do a whole episode on freaky phobias. Ooh. Yeah, that's what's in store for this episode. But before we get into that, Lindsay, what's going on? Tell us about your week. Yeah, so pretty good. This is super random, but I just wanted to share it because it made me laugh a lot. Um, so I just saw a random, I think it was a tweet or something, but I just saw someone said um, every time that there's a rendering of the asteroid that hit the dinosaurs there's always like one t-rex or something looking up at it like oh shoot yeah. <laughs> and i looked that up i googled like dinosaur asteroid and it's so true they always put in like at least one dinosaur looking up at it like uh-oh and i don't know why it's so funny but it made me laugh so hard which objectively like not funny for the dinosaurs but like the rendering <laughs> just the expression on their face is like that's how it happened like they were looking up at it like oh no <laughs> like you mentioned subjectively not for the dinosaurs <laughs> like, right oh uh, yeah i this makes me think of that movie don't look up or whatever oh yeah go didn't care for that movie too much but uh in the end when the asteroid was coming in they're all just looking at it i mean i, I don't know that's <laughs> kind of what or it makes me even think of land before time yeah true it it is kind of sobering to think about like it's it's not a fun topic but that related to it just made me laugh of like the dinosaurs usually a t-rex looking up at it i don't know that's that's kind of scary which yeah. kind of is related to our episode for today with phobias and also um so i was moved by quote in I think a book that I've mentioned before already enough by Lisa Oliveira um, there's actually a quote in a section about fear and facing resistance when you're like doing internal work and you're kind of trying to rewrite your story or process a lot of things that have happened to you um, and change patterns that haven't really been working for you uh, but there's a really good quote in there which related because it's about fear and I didn't really plan that but it's serendipitous so um, here's the quote it's in the war of art Stephen Pressfield says, remember our rule of thumb, the more, the more scared we are of a work or calling, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. Resistance is experienced as fear. The degree of fear equates to the strength of resistance. Therefore, the more fear we feel about a specific enterprise, the more certain we can be that that enterprise is important to us and to the growth of our soul. That's why we feel so much resistance. If it meant nothing to us, there'd be no resistance. I really like that. I really like that at all. Or I, I really do like that. I said, I really like that at all. Like not at all. I do like that. I hate it. It's terrible. <laughs> I rate that a 10 out of 10. I liked it. Um, the book, it's, I know it's Lisa Oliveira. What is the book title again? Yeah, it's Already Enough. Already Enough. I like that. That's great. It's a really good one. Definitely rings true. Like if you, I don't know, making my my big move and starting to feel a lot of fear about mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, it is something that's important to me. And so it is something that I'm going to grow a lot from and there are going to be a lot of good things, but it also is still scary because it's a big move and it's a big thing that's going to change my life. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And I know we were talking a lot about it last night, Lindsay, but I think kind of like we were saying um, that song I quoted, I quoted a song to Lindsay last night when we were talking, but it it's... I never would have grown if I'd never been alone. And I think that like you going on this adventure and like 
doing this really scary thing that's sparking fear and doing it alone is going to help you. Not that you need to grow. We all should grow. (laughs) Not that you need to, but like it's going to make you grow. And I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah, thanks. And I've been jamming to that song. I really like it. Oh, good. (laughs) I love when one of my song recommendations hits. (laughs) Yes. I listened to it. I was like, oh, yeah, because I am going on this new experience this whole trip solo and I I would say I do need to grow in some ways and I think it'll be it'll be great but it's also scary and I'm also facing a lot of fear as I go in and kind of as I'm anticipating and looking forward to okay this is gonna happen I'm very excited but also all of the what ifs are flooding in and the like oh my gosh like what if I regret it what if I don't make friends what if I do a horrible job at work and all of that stuff which classic fear trying to be a punk again (laughs) like get me to doubt myself and get me to not want to go but I know that I have to and it's going to be a good thing well I hate I'm not too fond of like super cliche cheesy quotes but to quote a super cliche cheesy quote it's like what if I fall but what if you fly (laughs) I like that one yeah same it's the same idea like you I think there's so many what ifs but you are gonna thrive you are gonna thrive well that's awesome um we're gonna follow that up by talking about really weird stuff i know you guys liked learning about australia last week so kind of keeping with that rhythm we're talking about weird phobias our own phobias as well as just weird ones that exist I am not a big phobia girl i have one phobia and it is a weird one we'll get to that in a little bit but I'm not a big phobia person. Are you? Do you mean like have a lot of phobias myself? Yeah. Yeah, I've I've got one, which we will also get to later. It's actually on the list of, I looked up a couple of phobias and the list that I have is uncommon phobias you probably never knew existed. I saw mine on there. I'm like, yeah, I knew that existed because I have it. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I specifically have a lot of phobias, um, but I, I reading through the list, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Or like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm like, they don't all seem irrational to me. So I'm like, maybe I am just a, like that they all seem rational to me. Maybe I am more of a a phobic person in general, which of like random things. I have two, but we'll, you guys are going to have to wait till the end because we're going to tell you the weird ones first. Well, ours are all phobic. They're they're weird. Yeah, mine's (laughs) on the list. (laughs) Ones that don't belong to us first and we'll get to ours at the end. So Lindsay, do you want to kick us off and tell us what is one of your favorite phobias that you've read about? Yeah. So these are going to be a lot of words that I might butcher pronunciation. So I'm going to try my best. Um, But this one is lacanophobia lacanophobia but it's the fear of vegetables Mm. Um, honestly I could kind of see that like the um, description says in this article there was a client that the um, author of the article said had an irrational fear of baby carrots but honestly like vegetables can be bitter like they can be kind (laughs) of scary and I think in the way that you experience them as a child of like eat your vegetables and they're sitting right in front of you and staring you down and you don't want to put it in your mouth and you are just thinking about it. Like what's again, I said, like I I'm kind of sympathetic to all of these irrational or like uncommon phobias. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) Vegetables can be scary. They all taste weird sometimes. 
Especially when they have like a weird spot on them and you know that they're probably okay to eat, but you see a weird mark and you think it's mold, it's poison, it's, I can't eat this. Right. Yeah. And I saw something somewhere that was like, the reason like processed food is preferable sometimes is because it's so consistent. Like you get, I'm going to talk about goldfish. I think I referenced goldfish in one of our other episodes, but I can't eat them anymore. But goldfish are amazing. Love them. Shout out to goldfish. The reason that you like them is because they're consistent. Like you hardly ever get a goldfish. So you're like, that doesn't taste like a goldfish cracker, but with like broccoli, you can try broccoli one time and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It tastes great. And then you try another different head of broccoli and you're like, Oh, like it tastes so bitter. (laughs) Like what the heck? And I think with carrots too, some of them taste amazing. And I like carrots a lot, but some of them I'll eat them. I'm like, yeah, these are really good. Other ones I'm like that tastes like straight up dirt. Yeah. Same with fruit though. Honestly, yeah, it's Hit inconsistent. And it, yeah. I wish that I was more like, can get behind. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter, but it matters sometimes when I eat a carrot and it tastes like dirt. I'm like, that was awful. Really? This is a plug for processed foods. <laughs> eat more <laughs> processed foods. It's consistent. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. well, that's a good that's a good fear, like a under maybe an understandable fear. Yeah, yeah. How about a fear that hit us with another one, Bridget? All right, okay, my second fear here, number fear number two, we'll call it fear of adolescence. This made me laugh because the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, well, yeah, this sounds about right. It says this is a fear of adolescence or youth. People with this, it's like ephibophobia, ephibophobia is the name. People with a Phoebe phobia may perceive teenagers as out of control or dangerous and believe they are rude, unpredictable, and do not follow rules. <laughs> and this fear is thought to develop from negative portrayal of teenagers in the media. People with this phobia will not want to be around them, and they may avoid going places if they think teenagers will be there. <laughs> the whole time I read this, I think it's me. I'm convicted. <laughs> I have a Phoebe phobia. <laughs> I hate teenagers. <laughs> Would not know I was a young life leader at all. I remember when I interviewed for like my young life leadership position and I flat out was like, I don't like kids. <laughs> I was very honest about it, but I feel like I should do this. I feel called to it. And they're like, yeah, we know you don't, but you're going to be amazing. And I think it's really funny they even like chose me for that position. But I, I um, I do like fears. To be clear, I will like my own kids. I don't enjoy other people's kids all that much. It's not the same. Um, But I just think this is the funniest fear because like this is just normal. I think teenagers are really unpleasant people. It's yeah, they're going through a lot of stuff and they take it out on the world. I would say it also reminds me of um, that new girl quote i think it's schmidt and he like sees it says like street youths or something he's like youths <laughs> that's what i keep thinking about i know i feel bad that i don't like teenagers because i was just a teenager and i was a wonderful an- angelic teenager however i just they're monsters i don't want to be around them so yeah it's that's an awkward stage of life so i feel like teenagers lash out a lot and like no one gets me you're trying to figure out the world yeah. What about you? Fear number three. Fear number three. So this one is podophobia. It's the fear of feet. Oh. <laughs> honestly, I feel like most of us know someone who has this phobia, or maybe it's not like a full-blown phobia, but it's someone who just does not like feet because they're weird. They're like, they can smell. They're just like weird looking. And actually one of my friends from college, um, she's one of our small group leaders, 
had this fear and she was so kind and so loving to us that at the end of leading small group when she was graduating, she washed all of our feet, like as an act of love and service, even though she was afraid and like hated feet, but she did that because Jesus did. And it was like her service of like, I will face my fears and like care about y'all. So it was very kind. That's cute. That's cute. I, I don't really get the feet fear thing at all, but I will say I never feel more freaky being a human being than when I look at my hands and feet a little too closely, (laughs) because if you really look at your, your hands and feet and I'm lumping hands into this, because I think those are freaky too. uh, They're weird. They're absolutely weird. They almost don't look like they belong on a human they're too consistent with what we see in depictions of aliens. I don't like hands and feet, but I'm not afraid of hands and feet. I'll touch them. I have no problem with them. Lindsay, we have a friend that I always joke has really good feet because they're just like clean and perfect and nothing wrong with them. And I don't know, like I'm not afraid of them. I'll interact with a foot. I don't have a problem with a foot. But the real freaky people here are the people who are into feet. That's weird. Uh, Yeah, that is a little concerning. Yeah, because I mean, it's, I don't get it. But I also don't want to shame anybody, but also that's, I don't get it. I know. Okay, well, fear number four, I actually kind of, it's not a fear, but it makes me very uneasy. This mm-hmm. is omphalophobia. Omphalophobia. Fear of belly buttons. I hate belly buttons. I think they're nasty when like pregnant people do their maternity shoots and they have their clothes off and their belly buttons are popping out like love that for you guys for me i am so grossed out by belly buttons i don't care if they're any or outie <laughs> i don't want it i don't want to see it um the spirit says we'll avoid places where belly buttons might be exposed like the beach or oh, they might They'll avoid even seeing their own. I don't have a problem with my own. My I'm lucky. I consider myself lucky because I'm afraid of Audis. I have an innie. Uh, and I just, I think belly buttons are not a pleasant thing. And y'all need to keep your clothes on when you're taking your <laughs> photos because I am so sick of seeing belly buttons. Like if you wear a crop top, let's just wear high-waisted jeans because people like me out here with mild omphalophobia cannot handle your belly button. <laughs> we can't. Oh man. Yeah, it, it does kind of what you were saying earlier about hands and feet, like it's it seems belly belly buttons are so alien. Like I mean it's normal because it's human. And wasn't there that show like Kyle XY or something? And he was an alien and didn't have a belly button. I don't know why I remember that. I didn't even watch that show, but someone told me and that was like a sticking point in my brain, clearly, because I'm bringing it up now, that like alien Kyle XY didn't have a belly button. But yeah. it's so bizarre. Like it's it's kind of neat if you think about it of like that's like it it's a connection that we shared with our mother and like the way that we received nourishment but that's so weird it's cool but it's weird yeah what's your next fear my next fear cracked me up and i'm sorry if you have this fear this is very interesting i've never heard of it before but it's lutrophobia it's the fear of otters and i've never heard of that like oh. the otters are more often than not, like people think they're adorable. And the it's funny because the picture of the otter in this article, it has its paws together and expression on its face like a villain, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just really funny because this looks like a conniving, scheming otter, which 
someone could be afraid of, but I don't, I've never heard of that, but it, it does say in the description, like most people who fear otters have either experienced like an attack or a bite or like know someone who did, but please write in if you have lutrophobia, I would love to hear your story. There have to be so few people with this because otters are not out here fighting people like the emus or like right. the, or- the kangaroos. Yeah, or like geese. I was looking about looking at that. I'm like, I'm sure there's a phobia of geese because they are out for blood. Like they do not mess around. <laughs> They're public enemy number one. The geese at the lake around here always are trying to fight my dogs, and I don't even want to get into it. So we always have to turn around and go home if they're there. They're like a gang. They win every yeah, time. They, That's wild. They are scary. They are like not messing around. <laughs> well, this fear, I think we're on number five, is paganophobia this one i also relate to i didn't realize how many phobias i had until i looked at this website fear of beards i hate beards if you have a beard get rid of it uh period paganophobia is fear of beards it says it usually stems from an alarming incident with a bearded person oh, no. uh, <laughs> i don't think i've had an alarming incident for so disappointing incidents but not alarming and it could also just arise from a person not liking a beard hiding someone's face and usually if you have this you'll avoid beards and you may (laughs) even have anxiety looking at a bearded person (laughs) and you won't be friends with a bearded person i you know i will be friends through and through with a bearded person i will not want to date a bearded person (laughs) I mean, facial hair is fine. I don't mind a little facial hair. I prefer with no facial hair, but like, you know, I'm not that stiff. It's just, there's something, if you got like two inches of hair hanging off your face, I'm probably not into you. Like I'm probably, I just want to give you like a razor and get rid of it. Like the Duck Dynasty family. Uh, No, absolutely never, never. Mm -mm. What are your thoughts on that? Have you seen the? all I think it's an all-state commercial but it's like talking about the um some discount but it's like we don't need to know that much about you but then the one guy who has a beard is like I smell my beard or something what are your thoughts on that I have not seen that but anyone smelling their beard get out of here with that like (laughs) go straight to Target they sell razors at all price points I can help I will fund this and we will get you a razor. Like, I'm for it. Now, I will say, when I'm saying beards, just to be clear for all my bearded buddies out, buddies out there, when I say beard, I mean, like, the people that really have, like, substantial ones hanging off their face. Dynasty beards. That, or just even, like, it doesn't have to be that long, but just, like, if it's, like, literally I can run my fingers through it, goodbye. Like, no, 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 no. I have dated bearded people before. It's not, like, a deal breaker, but you best believe if you have a beard and we're dating, I'm going to be like, can you please at least get it down to like a 5 PM stubble? Like if nothing else, um, something uh, that's yeah. Paganophobia. What's your next fear? Yes. My next fear is globophobia and that's the fear of balloons. <laughs> I think I might've had this as a kid, like not, not to an extent, but I don't know, popping balloons or like balloons being popped, which I think is kind of where the fear stems from. That's scary as a kid. Like when you're, when you're around balloons and you're like, oh my gosh, like there's going to be a sudden noise. And mm-hmm. then like, what if the balloon pops? That's kind of stressful. So I, I get that. I might've had that as a kid. Yeah. You know, I hate that sound. I hate it. 
it's yeah, it's a lot. My high school used to do this um, 27 hour long dance for charity called marathon dance. And at the end, like at the finale, you'd be exhausted. Like it was the best of times and it was the worst of times because you're, it's a very long dance, but it was also for charity and it was also really fun, but also at some points it was miserable. But at the finale, you feel great because you, they revealed how much money you raised um, for charity and then it ends. So it's, you're feeling pretty good. But at the end they play don't stop believing. And there's a, a shower of balloons that rain down from the ceiling. And then after there's like a moment of the balloons are raining down, everyone just starts popping them. And in your sleep deprived state, you're like, what, what was that? <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of stressful. Honestly, you're like, ah, all these balloons popping. Like it is a scary noise. It's jarring. Yeah. Especially in large numbers. Uh, that's For a good sure. fear. My next fear is dipnophobia. This is fear of dining with others. It says people with this fear often hate having to carry out dinner conversation. Um, and it can also be tied to like if somebody has a traumatic event from their past where maybe they were ridiculed as a child for the way they ate or not following etiquette. But mm. people with this fear really don't want to be seen eating with anyone, you know, I don't have this fear. <laughs> I do find that eating with people can be hard because then you have to be very mindful of your etiquette and you can't go all in on the food like you might True. want to. But I'm going to give a shout out to my girl, Ballet. Ballet listens to this podcast and she's like one of my best buds ever. Uh, we go way back. She and I, in my it was my senior year and her junior year at William & Mary, we ate lunch together like five days a week without fail at the dining hall, five days a week. Our, my friends would tease us so much and be like, you know, if one of you ever misses a day, what will the other do? We were together day in and day out. I love her. I would not, I will not trade those lunches for anything. So no, I do not have dipnophobia, dipnophobia. I'm not sure how to say it. I think it's an interesting fear, but I do kind of understand how this one could be a thing. True. Yeah. It's like, fear of ridicule if you're eating weird or if you're eating spaghetti or something or just not wanting because that is kind of vulnerable like as you're consuming energy for your body of like people watching you and yeah you know what I don't like when people watch that drink I hate it oh yeah because you start second guessing and then you choke on your drink because you're like they're watching and then you don't swallow right like like, if it's a water bottle is my mouth on the bottle right am I drinking should I put my mouth into it I I worry about these things what are they thinking about me drinking this water my gulping like what am I doing right All right, let's each do one more and then we're going to talk about our own phobias. Yeah. (laughs) So I have to scroll back down, make sure I am pronouncing it right. Um, This one is, I think it's pupophobia. I don't know, pupophobia, fear of puppets, which again, I also kind of get that. Like puppets are sketchy. Honestly, the Muppets freak me out. That's not my phobia. But I, I'm not a Muppet stan. They scare me. Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy are okay. But the other Muppet, those are Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the other Muppets really freak me out. And it's not like a big puppet thing, but I get that. Like, I understand that phobia because they're, they're just weird. I don't know. It's kind of jarring. And especially the marionette ones. I'm not about it. Mm. Yeah. I am not afraid of puppets, but... I do find them a little unsettling. I mainly don't like ventriloquist 
dolls. I don't like that. Those are no bueno. (laughs) Yeah. Or if it looks like Chucky, I just don't want it. I don't know. We had a Chucky doll at the office in around Halloween time and they were putting it in people's office as a prank, which, you know, it's all in good fun. I was never put in my office, but my instinct whenever I'm scared of anything is to start swinging and hitting. So <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do it because I'd be hitting the Sock hand. the puppet. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but puppets, like when I think of puppets, I think of cute little sock puppets and things. And that doesn't. Yeah. I sock like puppets and like bag puppets are okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, my last one before we talk about our own is optophobia this is fear of opening your eyes Mm -hmm. and you know what i kind of relate to that too because this is a scary world (laughs) just keep if you got this fear you know what you're at least you're hiding from the reality of the world we live in have had it (laughs) it's those people with this fear um unfortunately it's it usually is tied to generalized anxiety disorder um Mm -hmm. and for some it can be extremely debilitating which is unfortunate these people usually, again, I'm reading an article, but it says that they usually prefer to stay in dimly lit areas and they prefer to stay indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting fear. It reminds me a little bit of the phobia people can have about leaving the house. Growing oh, up, we actually knew somebody who had that. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting. I think it sounds a little bit, I don't know, like, I I question how do you carry out so much of your life if you have this? That's tough. Yeah, it is a scary world and that is that can be debilitating, I'm sure. All right, Lindsay, tell us what is your phobia? All right, so my phobia, which it was really bad when I was a kid and I like to say that I'm recovered. I'm probably not as recovered as I think I am, but my phobia is emetophobia, which is the fear of throw up. Yeah. And if you know me well, you probably oh. have already heard about this because I have so many stories. Like it was, <laughs> it was honestly when I was a kid, it was borderline debilitating at some points. Like me too. It's stressful because when you're a kid, the kids just throw up randomly all the time. And there's always like at least one puker kid. And like, <laughs> it, I have never been more stressed out in my life than when my teacher assigned me the seat next to the puker kid in oh elementary school the whole eight weeks or however long it was maybe nine I'm, I'm not sure it's eight weeks nine weeks however long like the assigned seating was I was so stressed out and I think I would keep like poking the kid and be like are you good you okay buddy because it was it was terrible like I I don't know where it came from a lot of people ask me like do you have a traumatic experience or something with throughout I'm like maybe but like as long as I can remember, it was just a phobia of mine. And it's still, now I'm like a little more chill about it. Like I can, I don't know. I think I walked by what might've been throw up the other day and I was totally fine. So I'm like, growth. We love to see it. But <laughs> as a kid, I think I probably have it. Like if someone threw up in front of me, it would probably wig me out and I would not appreciate it. But as a kid, I would like, I would go into panic. My heart would start racing. My palms would sweat. I'd like feel really anxious and start breathing quickly. Um, and I have so many stories about my metaphobia, like getting me into weird and awkward situations. Like I accidentally ruined a country club movie night because the movie they were playing was how to eat fried worms. And the first scene was showing that the main kid had like a weak stomach or threw up a lot. And it was 
like cartoon it was animated but even still I ran to the bathroom I was like I cannot do this and so my friend I wasn't even a member of the country club I was a guest my friend who had brought me came in she's like are you good like what's going on and I explained to her I'm like I cannot do this I can't watch this movie and she's like well okay I'll just stay with you here in the bathroom and then all the other girls who were at the like girls country club movie night came into the bathroom and were like well if you don't want to watch it like we'll just stay in here and play charades or something so the movie ended up getting shut down because of me and I'm like I'm so sorry but it was kind of wholesome because everyone was super sweet and like okay like we'll stay in here with you how you single-handedly brought down the country club that night I ruined it the operators like oh my gosh like we just wanted to show a movie and then this one girl ruins it now we have to actually do something (laughs) so (laughs) movies honestly like gave me a lot of anxiety with emetophobia because there are a lot of movies that just have unnecessary throw up in them but I remember in high school because it still persisted it didn't like start getting a little bit better until about college just like exposure and maturity and like kind of growing out of it but in high school my friend group and I were watching I think the interview or some movie that I knew there was throw up in it because I had googled it previously because I was like I have a suspicion that this movie probably has throw up and I did that all the time because it just made me anxious watching a movie and thinking like could this have throw up and so it was the interview I knew there was throw up and I was like what do I do I don't want to watch this movie but I also don't want to be that person that shuts it down again and so I was sitting there and I honestly I prayed I was like god like please help me I don't know what to do I'm feeling really stressed out and the movie shut off like just randomly and we ended up watching the click instead like the the interview stopped working I was like praise the lord like honestly god had my back there with my random phobia it's a sign oh my gosh you know those are I kind I was pretty terrified of that as a kid as well I still get freaked out. Oh, I don't like it. But the fear of, um, you know, what was your first one again? I'm drawing a blank. Your first one? The first one that I shared. (laughs) We're both drawing a blank. We don't remember what your first fear was. Well, either way, I, I, I think that's a reasonable fear. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't want to see it. I hate that movies show it um yes also shout out to there's websites there's phobias at the movies and does the dog die.com and it'll have like common triggers or phobias so if there's something that you want to avoid in a movie it doesn't a lot of times it's not spoiler it's just we'll say yes or no and sometimes people add a comment so there's like clowns there's like needles there's other common fears and phobias so shout out to does the dog die and phobias the movies i like that you know about that (laughs) i did a lot of googling as a kid because i would be so stressed out like honestly to this day I don't watch a ton of movies and I still I'm okay like if there's throw up in a movie and I know that there is but a lot of times it just yeah it's not my favorite but yeah Bridget hit us with your phobia I have two so the first one is mayo phobia quite literally the fear (laughs) of mayo I hate mayo I don't want to see mayo I don't want to walk down the mayo aisle my worst (laughs) my personal hell on earth is the mayo aisle at either Sam's or Costco where they have the jumbo size containers. I I get nauseous at the very sight of mayo. I no 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 no. Absolutely not. Get away from me. You can eat it on your like burger around me or whatever, although I think hot mayo is nasty, but to each their own, whatever. You can do that. I know Wendy's loves to smother burgers in mayo, so you know, do what you want, but 
don't ask me to look at you while you eat. That's where I have a fear of people eating. I don't want to look at people eating mayo. My worst, I hate when people dip their fries in mayo. Like literally we're talking about this and I actually feel a reflex. Like I'm starting to get the very thought of it makes me want to go throw up right now, which is then going to trigger your phobia. So (laughs) we're going to have to end the podcast early. I know. I struggling. I hate mayo. I think it's a repulsive condiment. Now let me specify. Let me specify. Uh, I understand it's not a rational fear. So if you eat mayo again, have at it. I just don't want any part of it. Also, um, I eat mayo-based condiments, so like ranch, obviously. I, although I will say I prefer sour cream-based ranch than mayo-based ranches. But, you know, I'll eat ranch or I'll eat like a chipotle mayo. If there's enough spice in it for me to forget that I'm eating literally just white, smooth fat. Diluted mayo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Diluted mayo. Mayo is just white, smooth, textureless fat. And I think that is the worst thing to happen to American grocery stores. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, Mayo Isle is your hell is your personal hell on earth. I think there's that Mayo brand called Hellman's. It's got yeah. hell in the name. Uh, yeah, it is literally hell for me. I cannot. <laughs> That's fear number one. I don't want anything to do with your mayo. Get it away from me. I do understand too that people will bake with it and it can make a moist cake. I would do that. I get that. And if I eat a chicken salad, I actually use Miracle Whip, not mayo. And I know Miracle Whip is virtually the same. But it's a slightly less – the whiteness freaks me out in the mayo. I don't like the whiteness. And, it's too white. Yeah, and Miracle Whip still has some spice in it. So, like, it's a little different. I can live with that. But, yeah, just get your mayo away from me. My other fear is a newly formed fear. And I have venophobia, which is the fear of veins. Okay. I can't look at my own veins. I am – freaked out by them. I did not form this fear until about six months ago when I started lifting. And now my veins are much bigger. Like I can see them a lot more consistently. I'm getting real swole. And anytime I'm in my powerlifting class and I I have to give myself mental talks to realize, do not look at your wrists because my wrists have big veins on them now. And I have to tell myself, don't look, don't think about it. Don't look. I have to really like, I don't know what it is. I have to work through it. If somebody else has veins, I can't look at them. There's people I know that have prominent veins running through their face. I have a hard time looking at those people. Um, <laughs> I cannot look at veins. And I've, you know, I've been telling friends this and they're like, well, that means that if your veins are big, you have healthy veins. I'm like, that's cute, but I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. And I'm stressed out because the more I lift, the bigger they get. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. It's kind of hard. You can just so, put some concealer on there. You know, no swole vein popping bodybuilder guy for you. No. Oh my God. I want someone who lifts like me. Well, they don't have to like, like that sounds really stupid. They don't, to, <laughs> they don't have to like lift like me, but I would love someone who will lift with me since that's a big part of my life. But if they have veins, I'm going to pretend it's not happening. I can't. I can't. Nah, put some concealer up on there. You're like, I hey, I bought this for you. I followed Here's this. a razor for your beard and some concealer for your veins. I know. Honestly, <laughs> I follow this fitness podcast and like the two fitness gym bros that host it are, I mean, I swear they're doing steroids. They are so jacked. It's not normal, but their arms just look like green, big, giant veins. I think they look <laughs> disgusting. Disgusting. Like just, they need, nah, 
No, no, no. Okay. So anyway, those are my fears. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of rounds out our phobias. Hopefully if you're listening, you didn't develop a new phobia listening to this episode, (laughs) but those are a few of ours. I think before we close out, we have just a few minutes, Lindsay, why don't we quickly hit on some red flags of the week? Uh, Start us off. If they shame your phobia, no, that's actually not mine. But if they make you feel insecure about your phobia, red flag. But my actual red flag of the week is, and this is kind of more subjective to me, but if they think that pettiness or rudeness is cool, because we all have human moments where we don't act in a way that we're super proud of. But like, for example, if I'm talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, like someone cut me off or like someone cut in line and I like cussed him out and it's not like a, I don't know, like if he's proud of that, I'm like, oh, that's a huge yeah. red flag to me because two wrongs to be like the the cliche, two wrongs don't make a right. So if someone disrespects you, disrespecting them right back is not going to really help the situation. More often than not, it's just going to escalate it. And also you can't control how other people act, but you can control how you act. So if the guy that I'm dating or if the person that I'm seeing is going to be rude and respond to rudeness with rudeness and like be disrespectful and be proud of that. Not the type of person I want to be around. Yeah, definitely not. And I think it goes back to what we talked about in another episode where we have to pay attention to the words people use and how they treat others because it will come back to bite you. True. That's really good. Mine. Um, I'll keep it short. I had so many I wanted to do and we don't have enough time left. So y'all get ready. Cause next time we have time, I'm going to like go in on red flag of the week. But for this red flag of the week, mine is when banter becomes criticism. And I think you have to be mindful. I love to banter. Like I love in a relationship, a good roasting. I'm really sassy. I'm feisty. I will roast you all day long. I love to be roasted, but you do have to know where to draw the line between am I roasting in good humor or am I truly just picking at someone for being the way they are? I have a few stories from this where banter or joking goes too far. Um, I think the problem with joking in my mind's eye is that humor often, even when people say I'm just kidding, usually there's always a little bit of truth, even if only slightly rooted in what they're saying in some form, it's ever so slightly true to them. Even if maybe it's subconscious and they're not realizing it, maybe it's a, a stereotype or a bias or whatever. So when someone says something that's going a little too far, I do tend to believe, and if they say, I don't mean it, some part of you might mean that. And uh, I think we got to be mindful with our words. And I think if you have a partner who is taking their humor to the point of like, they're not just picking on you like in a fun, flirty way. They're criticizing how you do something or how you are, whatever it is. I'm trying to think of real examples on the fly and I can't, but I think it's important to be mindful of that because sometimes, you know, I can, I have a very like self deprecating sense of humor and I have fun with that, but I have seen people take advantage of that a little bit to say things where it's like, I actually don't find that funny. Mm-hmm. I just find that malicious. So knowing the difference, I have thick skin and even I still get my feelings hurt because I'm a human being. So um, yeah, that's my red flag of the week. Other than that, I think we're going to wrap up. We got some more exciting content coming for y'all in the next few weeks, but for now, thank you for listening in and I hope everybody has a good week ahead. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Bye.